Welcome to the Retire Right Podcast with Larry Heller. You deserve complete financial advice. There's no acceptable alternative if you want to plan to live well and on your terms. Complete financial advice equals complete peace of mind. Now, let's get into this week's podcast episode. Hello and welcome to Retire Right with Larry Heller from Heller Wealth Management. Today, Larry has brought in a special guest, and that is Leslie Tain, and we're going to be talking about retirement and credit, basically everything you need to know about that. Leslie H. Tain Esquire is an award-winning financial attorney and author of Life and Debt. She has over 20 years of experience in consumer and business financial debt solutions, which includes negotiations with large international banks and credit agencies for loans, lines of credit, credit cards, and student loans. Leslie is the founder and managing director of Tain Law Group, PC, a law firm headquartered in New York dedicated to debt solutions. Leslie is frequently sought out for her expertise on financial, credit, and debt topics in the media and as a speaker. She regularly provides insight and strategies regarding all areas of debt and credit-related solutions to outlets like Huffington Post, Yahoo Finance, U.S. News, and World Report, MSN, among many others. Good morning, Leslie and Larry. How are you? Good morning. How are you today? Doing great. I'm doing great, Eric. Thank you. All right, Larry, thank you so much for bringing Leslie on the show, which leads me to my next question. Why'd you bring her on? Well, I thought it would be great to talk about credit. So uh, since Leslie's a guru with uh, credit, um, that's why I brought her on. I'm here to learn. Let's do this. <laughs> so why don't we start with the first question, Leslie? Why is credit important in retirement? So credit is important in retirement for a number of reasons. Um, certainly you might be changing your residence and you might be looking to move. You might be looking to obtain different types of financial products that require credit. So it's really important to be aware that maintaining and managing your credit throughout retirement is key. In addition, one of the most important pieces is that the risk of fraud to your credit increases as you get older and you and more into retirement. If you are ill or you've gone into any kind of hospital or a rehab facility or anything like that, you become more vulnerable to risks in your credit. So maintaining your credit and being financially healthy in retirement does require you to check your credit on a regular basis, have some credit monitoring program or programs that alert you to what's going on. And you need to be in the know, not only about your score, but what's being reported on your credit. So how can people maintain good credit scores into retirement? So the first thing you should do is before you retire, you need to take a snapshot of your finances. So know who your creditors are, how much you're paying out each month, and what your budget is like. Then get a hold of your credit report. And there are a number of ways to get a hold of your credit report. I suggest you get one free because you are entitled to get a free credit report each year. Now note that your FICO score that comes to you on your credit card statement is not your credit score. It's a FICO score and that is not your credit report. It may not even be reflective of actually what's going on on your credit report at all. So my recommendation is to go to a site like annualcreditreport.com that does not require you to put in a credit card or creditkarma.com, also not requiring a credit card to pay for anything, and obtain your credit report so that you can compare the list that I mentioned about who your creditors are, what you're paying, and the balances that you owe to what's on that report. Hmm. So does actually being retired damage or impact your credit score? 
Uh, it can impact your credit score because you're going to have a change in income. The likelihood is during retirement that your income is going to be less. And as a result that your debt to income ratio can change. So you want to be aware of how much debt that you have, how much you're managing and the available credit that you have. One of the key pieces to maintaining very good credit in retirement is, is attempting to reduce your balances on your credit accounts as low as possible to keep the credit to available, the payment or the amount that's due to your available credit uh, open so that you can maintain a lower payment and keep up the larger cash flow to your pocket. Yeah. So one of the challenges that we see sometimes with clients that are, that are retired is, you know, that they're going to purchase either, you know, a new home or a second home and they can't get a, they can't get a mortgage. And I guess some of this is impacted by this credit score, correct? Yes, it's 100% impacted by the credit score. And that's why I said when we first started talking about the fact that you may be changing homes during retirement or, like you said, buying a second home, a downsizing one home and purchasing an apartment someplace. It's really not uncommon for that to happen during the retirement process because your needs are changing. Maybe you don't need to be close to work anymore and you can go to a different location, but very often retirees are going to be transferring their residences or different properties. So that credit score is impactful because it's a piece of the puzzle to a credit grantor. And that means that you're going to be applying for a mortgage or multiple mortgages, and now you have a limited and fixed amount of income. So you want to make sure that your credit score is optimized so that when the underwriting departments are reviewing your files, that they don't see any potential risk in lending you the money. Hmm. Yeah, and I never really even thought about that. Usually, when you're retired and you no longer really have much, you know, much debt, uh, you're not thinking of, you know, credit going down. But uh, I guess that, that that can happen, and that's that could be critical if you're going to buy another home. So uh, yes, and let's talk about what the debt part means because I think there's some confusion, especially with my high net worth clients, about what debt really means. Debt, it often has a negative connotation. It doesn't mean that you're in debt because you have debt. Everybody has some sort of debt. You owe some money someplace, whether you owe it to the IRS at some point, whether you owe it to the state or you owe it to your car payments or your house, those are debts. And you have credit cards and you may spend on them and pay them off each month, but you're still acquiring a debt. It's really how that's managed and all of that then factors into what the scoring model picks up. So if you're paying everything off, then your scoring is obviously going to be higher. If you're carrying balances, you can still have a high credit score even though you have balances and technically you have debt. Carrying debt is not necessarily a bad thing and many people do carry it. However, going into retirement, you want to take a look at what your goals are. Are you going to be selling that house? Are you going to buy another one? Are you, are you going to need credit for anything? Are you going to be co-signing loans for your children or grandchildren or, or other types of investments that might require you to get you know, lend, lender or bank approval and they're going to look at your credit score? So just because you're in retirement doesn't mean that you're not spending money. It means that you're in a different position now where lenders are looking at you with a different perspective perspective. So maintaining debt and having debt is okay, so long as it corresponds with management of that debt and a corresponding credit score that shows that not only are you managing it, but that you're excelling and you're above average when it comes to credit score. So I, th I think you mentioned earlier that, that even in retirement, you, you should be checking your credit report once a year. Is that what you, is that what you said? 
I recommend that you check your credit score once a year and you usually tell people to do it on October 31st on Halloween because it's a good time to be scared and it's a good time to remember that that's when you should check your credit score. Oh, it's Halloween. I should be checking my credit score. People are scared to check their credit score because they don't really understand the credit scoring models. Like I said, there are three different bureaus that report credit information, Experian, TransUnion, and Equifax. The FICO score is only one scoring model model. There are scoring models for mortgages, there are scoring models for cars, and there is your overall credit score, which is really an average of the three. So you want to take a look at all three reports because each one of them will have a different score. The very reason is because not every creditor reports to each of the credit bureaus, so you may see a difference in the score. Note also that that score will fluctuate every single month regardless of what you do because part of the scoring model has nothing to do with anything within your control. But what is in your control is making sure that you check it and take a look at it. Again, you want to be very careful about fraud and fraud is so rampant these days. Even if you're not computer savvy and you're not on the computer much, every single detail of your life is on the computer. And that means that hackers and other people have access to your information. And you may have been hacked five years ago, and then they're just waiting for you to become a little more complacent. And then they go ahead and they, they, there's fraudulent activity. And the only way you're going to know about fraudulent activity is if you are regularly checking your credit report. And you should have some sort of credit reporting model. I personally have one through American Express, but also Credit Karma updates me. And a number of different organizations that I um, subscribe to update me whenever my credit is checked and give me an opportunity to check my full credit report to ensure there's no fraudulent activity. Uh, these are all great ideas. I love the uh, the October thirty first one. I think we'll we'll send out an email to our clients to uh, remind them to check their credit every uh, October thirty first. So, you know, what what are some of the credit mistakes to avoid during retirement? So there's a number of things to avoid during retirement. And one of the things that I see, um, one of the biggest pieces of the puzzle that we run into in my practice is uh, you're living on a fixed income. You may have plenty of money coming in, but all of a sudden your adult children come to you because they're struggling financially. And all of a sudden you've either co-signed loans, allowed them to move back in with you, lent them or given them a tremendous amount of money. And that will start to impact your cash flow. And by impacting your cash flow, you may then supplement with credit cards and you may find yourself in a position that you were never in before where your credit starts to suffer because you've lent out this money uh, that you know is likely never going to be repaid and that you're going to be ultimately responsible for. And all of that does impact your uh, your credit in retirement. That's probably the biggest mistake I see. The second biggest mistake that I often see is failure to budget properly and to really understand what your needs are in retirement. Retirement is a long time and uh, ec economies and economics, even within your personal finances, will, will fluctuate for a lot of different reasons. Being prepared to manage all the things that are going to come your way financially is really important because what I also end up seeing is that as expenses start to increase, uh, there's an often supplemental use of credit cards and other credit, refinancing houses or taking a mortgage out on an already paid off home. And we often see those as some big mistakes uh, in retirement when it comes to personal finance and credit. 
Yeah. Well, ho- hopefully, when they go through our process, that they're, they're well prepared and, and avoid a lot of those uh, a lot of those mistakes. But we do see people that take out HELOCs or doing that. But the, the key is to prepare for it up, up front and know what's going on. And speak to you about it. One of the things that we encourage clients to do, especially clients that come to us from financial advisors, is have open and frank conversations on a regular basis and make sure before you make any move that you discuss the short and the long term implications of that and really what it's going to do to your credit. So, you know, as you age and as clients and believe it or not, we have clients in their 80s and 90s, you you can get to a point where credit never matters anymore. And if you get to a point where credit is not going to matter, then you might want to consider either a credit freeze on your credit or that you're still monitoring it to make sure, again, there's no fraudulent activity or anything negative being reported. But there will become a day where credit doesn't matter anymore, where everything is locked, stocked, and barreled, and you're you're in a position where you're, ne- you're never moving from the place that you're in, and you have enough income coming in, and you're going to be well taken care of long term that it's not going to matter. That doesn't mean that you neglect your looking at your credit or your credit score. One of the things that I also recommend doing is having frank discussions with you know that trusted relative who's going to be there for you during the process, somebody else that can also check that if you should become incapacitated or disabled or ill or unable to care for that aspect of your personal life, there should be somebody else who's there to double check that, place a credit freeze on your credit if you're going to go into the hospital long term or you're um, having other other issues that are going on. Yeah. So, so we're a holistic financial planner. So we are doing cash flow analysis for all of our clients. So our clients are pretty prepared on what's going on with this well ahead of time. We do this, we do this each year. And we also talk about some of the things that you just mentioned is, you know, is the key people uh, other than if something happens, to, you know, something happens to them. So those are all great points and, and ones that we uh, that we do. One of the things so you- important and so, so important to really be prepared. And that's why your clients are the most prepared for the retirement process. Right. So. Uh, so, so our clients are prepared for that and going through this cash flow, but it's also good for us to, to know and, to, you know, to learn what you're talking about here on the credit. Cause that's one thing we never bring, you know, bring up, we'll bring up the cash flow analysis and we'll know that a client's planning on selling a house and buying a house or purchasing a second house. And we don't even think about some of the credit ramifications, especially if the client, you know, is, you know, is, is retiring. Um, you know, we have challenging issues, you know, if they're not 70 and taking money out of their qualified accounts, they're showing no income. So the, the credit is very, you know, very important. Um, you, you did mention one thing that I wanted to kind of talk about a little bit more and, you know, kind of the pros and cons of, you know, either freezing your account or we're hearing these days locking your, you know, your credit account. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. So there are ways to freeze your credit, which means that anytime somebody or a credit grantor is going to go in and try to uh, lend you money or or review your financial status, it's going to pop back up to them that there's a freeze on the credit so that nobody can take out credit basically in your name. Uh, there's a number of reasons why that's done. It's very often done for service people who are going overseas, uh, people who are leaving the country, people who are going in, into retirement, depending on the age that you're retirement, those that are ill and have long-term illnesses. Uh, those are. It's a really inf- efficient tool to use to protect yourself financially because this way it's one less thing to worry about that 
no, you know, nobody is going to be tapping into your credit. That means that nobody can take out a credit card in your name, borrow money in your name, or do anything basically in your name and social security number. So you can do them temporarily. They're not, they're not long-term for the, for the rest of your life. You can contact the bureaus and put a credit freeze on, even if it's just temporary. And then you can lift that freeze when you don't need the freeze anymore. So it's not a permanent freeze, but it is one that you have control over. And there's a lot of positives to that under certain circumstances. There really aren't any negatives to it, but it's something that you want to be aware is, uh, has happened. It's uh, certainly uh, something that it's a tool that we do recommend, under, like I said, under certain circumstances and can be used effectively. Uh, a client of mine used it when the Experian data breach occurred. This client was very concerned about their credit, so they put a credit freeze on. Uh, since then has removed that credit freeze because they were looking for a car. But at that point in time, that person felt that there was no need to have the credit. So they put the freeze on so they didn't have to worry about anybody unknowingly to this client tapping into their credit. However, like I said, I want to be very, very clear that many of these hackers take the information and then they they put it in, they shelve the information and they become sleepers. And what happens is five years later, you completely forgot that your information was hacked by one of the many uh, data breaches that occur on a regular basis. And all of a sudden that's when they strike. So you want to be aware that if you're putting the credit freeze on in the short term, because you were involved in a data breach, you might be better off strategically looking at it where you're reviewing your credit report and again, subscribing to a service that will inform you every single time your credit is looked at so that you could be proactive in taking uh, steps to ensure that nobody's taking credit out in your name that shouldn't be. Yeah, that's interesting. So even if you have, you know, freezing your, your, your credit, you can kind of get a false sense of security there because of these sleepers. Um, so, um, so what are certain, you know, certain money, I know you might've mentioned some of them, but certain money moves that can affect your, you know, your credit rating in, in retirement. So some money moves in, uh, in retirement, uh, you know, buy, buying and selling of houses does impact your credit. When you pay off a mortgage, that will impact your credit. When you take out new mortgages, that will impact your credit. When you uh, take out credit cards or you spend money on a credit card, even if you're, let's say your kid is getting married and you're going to put on $40,000 onto a credit card, that will make your credit score drop. Yes, you're going to pay it off, but while that credit card has that balance, it will go down. So a lot of things happen in retirement that you might be paying for and you have the means to pay it, but you need to be aware that you will see a credit drop. So for example, if you're going to buy a new home and you're, one of your children is, are getting married or your grandchildren, you're going to pay for a, a Sweet 16 or a Borabat Mitzvah, and you're going to put the money on your credit card or sleepaway camp, and you're going to fund that and then you put the money on a credit card and you're gonna go and try to get a mortgage, that balance, even if you're gonna pay it off in full or you're gonna pay it off in two months, that balance will negatively impact your credit score and overall credit and you could find yourself in a position where you've compromised your ability to get certain loans as a result. So you, you wanna be very conscious about large spending on credit cards if you're in a position where you're going to need a review by an underwriter of your credit. If you're not, then then it's no big deal. But within the time frame, I'm going to say within 90 days of a credit review, you want to be very careful about spending. Hmm, interesting. 
Um, so let's talk about credit cards a little, little bit. What, what are some of your tips on how to best use credit cards in retirement? So there's a number of ways to really use credit to your advantage in retirement. It's certainly with credit cards. You know, when you when you are in a position where you have really good credit, you are going to be offered a number of different credit cards. And a lot of them can include 0% interest and lowered interest rates. So one of my recommendations is to speak to your current credit card companies about the lowest possible interest rate that they're offering. Most uh, credit cards like an American Express are not going to offer you um, – uh, especially platinum and, and other types of, uh, and the black card are not necessarily going to offer you 0%, but there are other products through American Express and other banks where you could qualify for 0%. So if you are funding a, a wedding, a bar mitzvah, sleepaway camp, or you're helping your, your children pay for furniture in their new home or, or graduate school, uh, you could find yourself in a very good position to use credit to your advantage where you're placing a lot of those costs onto credit cards and you have a 0% interest. That's certainly one way to, um, to maximize the use of the credit cards. You can use credit cards to buy anything from cars or even certain colleges will allow you to pay that on your credit card. So uh, if you're looking to rack up points and your children are have children who are going to school, you might offer to pay for that with the reimbursement coming from whoever's paying the bill in order to maximize the points that you have. Each one of these cards these days offers different points and different benefits. Uh, and those there are some actual websites and some apps that can tell you which card to use for which purpose to maximize the benefits from that card. So when you're in retirement and you have a lot more time on your hands, it's a good opportunity to take a look at some of these programs, these apps, and the pages, uh, the web pages of different types of credit programs so that you could use some of those credit programs to your advantage. Hmm, double great. miles, double points. You know, it's hard to keep track of it in your mind. But again, there are some great apps out there that help you and you can definitely take advantage of that while you're in retirement. Great, great ideas. Great suggestions. So what are some of the mistakes you have seen people make with their credit in retirement? And, you know, give us some advice for others on how to avoid them. Well, again, one of the biggest mistakes is overusing that card and not getting paid back for it or realizing that, you know, you're you're going to be in review for a, a loan or something else. And that using the card has negatively impacted your ability to now get that loan. You know, you're using credit cards on a regular basis, especially when you have your you know, relatively high net worth. You're generally not using cash. You're going to use, uh, you know, you're going to use a card that, that carries lots of benefits and concierge services to you. But again, you want to be weary of the balances that you carry on them because those cards generally carry the highest interest rates and you, with good credit and lots of cash flow, could be in a position where you can maximize other benefits from other cards with 0% interest and things like that. So you want to be aware of your spending for sure. And you want to be on a budget every month and say, of course, that you know I have unlimited spending on certain credit cards, but what am I willing to spend on a credit card this month? You know, for buying new furniture, where do we want to put that credit card? Do we want to put it on a 0% or do we want to use it on a card that has a high interest rate but yet gives us some other benefits? You know, spending some time and really examining the type of credit that you've taken out and that you're holding on to for years and years, is, is it's a good time to do that in retirement. You know, just because you've been a member of one particular bank for 40 years doesn't mean that that bank 
is is the best bank for you to not only bank with but spend money with. So a lot of their services change over time. The interest rates change. And you might want to ask what the interest rate is on the card and see if you're eligible for lowered interest rates. So Leslie, what's your, what's your best advice for people to maintain a good credit score? So the, my best advice for maintaining a good credit score is really budgeting. And most people, you know, a cash flow analysis is one thing, you know, what can you, what do you have and what can you spend on? But budgeting really includes, you know, if you're going on vacation, what are you willing to spend when you're on vacation? What are you willing to spend on travel? What are you really willing to spend on the grandchildren and your own children, you know, who may be coming to you for money? So, you, you know, having a budget and saying, you know, even though I have money, and I, I'm in a good cash flow situation, you know, in a, in a blink of an eye, that could flip. And that can flip from illness, it could flip from needs of your family, it can flip from overspending. And you may find yourself in a position where, because you're not working anymore, that you're spending more, but you, and, you, and that's really the time to be a little bit more aware of the spending, even though you have plenty of cash flow. Uh, finally, Leslie, is there anything else you want to kind of bring up that we haven't touched upon today? Um, so I think we did one of the things that we didn't talk about was about living within your means and the best way to ensure that you add value to your retirement through your experiences is living within your means. And, you know, there, there are people who, uh, can end up withdrawing a lot from retirement again, because they're supporting adult children or they've made some financial decisions, uh, outside of their advisor you know, they, a friend told them about something and they were willing to give them money or help somebody out or help out another family member. So you really want to be able to communicate that to you, not only to yourself, but to people that, that you uh, love and you live with and are around you that, you know, that you have your money in a, in a nice tight package and this is how you, you enjoy spending it and this is how it needs to be spent to manage and maintain your goals. And I think that communication to to family and other people about that is important. Yeah, especially, you know, especially unfortunately, as you know, uh, we see people age, you know, they do make mistakes, they do, they, they are taken advantage of, and that can have some, some major impacts to them on their credit. Yes, it certainly can. And that's, that definitely happens as you start to age, uh, where your spouse is aging. Sometimes your, your mind is not as clear as it had been. And some things sound like really good ideas, but in the end, they're really not. I mean, we obviously people went through that many years ago when there was an investment opportunity and people said, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to do this because everybody's making money. And it turned out to be, you know, a poor decision. So you want to be able to be careful. You know, when you're in these communities, if you're in retirement communities or you're in big communities and everybody's sitting around talking about the latest and the greatest, you know, that they've invested in, you still want to be weary of that and understand that, you know what, you get to a point in your life where you have to rely on other people's opinions and help to make good decisions. And know the one good rule would be that you never make a decision about investing or spending large amounts of money without having a conversation with your trusted advisor. Well, that's for sure. Um, Leslie, I learned a lot today. It was great, great ideas, great suggestions. Definitely going to uh, use some of these with, uh, with our clients. Um, so if you want to find, you need some more information, you can find more information about Leslie and her company at her website, tainlaw.com, or you can call her at 631-470-8204, or email their office at info at 
So Leslie, thank you so much for, um, for joining us and participating in the podcast. I think our listeners will learn a lot. Thank you so much. And it's very easy to find me out there. You can always Google me. And we're, of course, on, on Twitter and LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. And um, Tain Law is spelled T-A-Y-N-E-L-A-W.com. So I'm happy to answer any questions related to debt. You know, even if you don't have it, somebody may come to you and, and talk to you about debt or credit. And I can often provide some terrific advice about how to handle that. Leslie, thank you so much. Like Larry said, uh, I know the audience learned a lot because I learned a lot. So I want to thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. And Larry, thank you for bringing Leslie on today. All right. Thanks, Eric. Appreciate it. Thanks again, Leslie. Thank you so much for having me today. It was great. You bet. And thank you all for listening to the Retire Right Podcast with Larry Heller. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Larry comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. And Leslie brought up a great point, which is it may not be you that needs this information, but somebody might come to you, a family member, a son, daughter, grandchild. I need some help with, I don't understand credit. You know what? Now you have a resource. So please share this podcast with them. Uh, they'll learn a ton and, and uh, no matter what stage of life they're in, I know there's a lot of information out there that Leslie can provide. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Heller Wealth Management, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time.